0: Hey, it's Tierney. It's Monday morning, and I'm back in Silver Lake, California, recording live from Pirate Studios. I have an amazing guest, my very best friend, the screenwriter, actor, artist, model, and all-around hot person, Michelle Abadilla. Today, Michelle and I talk about writing. We talk about television. We talk about some pop culture favorites, and acting on Search Party, um, reflecting on our antics as besties, and of course, ourselves, our favorite topic together. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Kathleen Turner.
1: She's here.
0: Um... Wow, we have the lights on at a intense ferocity for this <laughs> conversation.
2: I think bright overhead lighting's the sexiest kind.
0: <laughs> oh, Margot, so kind. Thank you. Oh, turn down the lights.
2: This Margo. is so much better now. It? Now that you've said Kathleen Turner, I'm really trying to get in her wavelength.
0: I don't want to upset you, but it was also giving a Jane Lynch as an old Hollywood star. <laughs> well, and- honey, it doesn't upset me. A a tick. My dad won't stop telling me lately. You know who's so fucking funny? Jane
2: Lynch. And oh. I'm like,
0: I know. Well, he
2: just discovered her and what? It takes
0: straight guys so much longer. Um, It's definitely not identifiable what he... He's been catching reruns of Glee. No, I wish I was. Oh, I know you must have caught that Spring Awakening. Did you see what, what? they've done?
2: What have they done?
0: They've done like a special adults like they've come of age literally coming and now they've done an hbo max like revival leah michelle and the guy
2: wow i did you know i love to keep up with what leah michelle's up to
0: they told a story in promotion of it about um how i guess the guy's gay in real life sorry i don't know that incredible oh. actor's name and he um He said, "Can I gaze into your vagina?" When they were doing the original (laughs) Spring Awakening, (laughs) and then she was like, "You know that Leah Michelle quality of like, of course."
2: Yeah, that's what I love about her. Yeah, but how about when (laughs) she she, says yes when she told (laughs) that? when she said she wanted to on like the this like gossip from Glee that. One After she posted like some Black Lives Matter stuff, one of the black guest stars on Glee was like, Oh, really? Remember when you he, he said you wanted to shit in my wig?
0: Oh, my God. She's so evil, that underbelly of evil.
2: You gotta love that Broadway evil.
0: Well, you're basically Patti LaPone to me. So. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome. It's Monday morning. Well, it's noontime now afternoon afternoon and i don't think we've done any journey talks on a monday with any guest but i'm honored do you know that it's only your second time on this podcast it's that's
2: crazy to think about <laughs> years ago now we hadn't even pandemic
0: i know and i feel like i really couldn't think of what we even talked about i felt like we were kind of giving an explainer of who we are as friends which is obviously super educational for everyone and important. <laughs>
2: <laughs> really important because people find us. We did talk about this, that people find it difficult to um, supposedly get in on our dynamic.
0: Oh, yeah. Actually, I was thinking about that the other day because oh, it's so messy. But someone's ex once confronted you saying that we were um, codependent. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? And And I had, like, eight years later, anger. Not anger, but I was just thinking about that the other day and kind of laughing because I feel like you and I are so almost overly intentional with, like, not transgressing one another's boundaries because we're sick
2: of, like, everyone else doing it, mostly. Yeah, completely. That was, like, the last time I think I ever saw that person. He made me so mad when he said that. Done. It was... (laughs) <laughs> the way he said it too was like as if you and I needed to literally go to drug and alcohol rehab because of our codependence.
0: People listening are probably like, if only they would just take a look in the mirror oh. and realize, but we can go days and weeks, months. There's a difference between
2: codependence and interdependence. Oh, <laughs> and
0: this is while we're weaving community and starting a family.
2: <laughs> no, but truly, I don't think that we, I mean, I think we're very close and like some okay. Occasion- Occasionally, perhaps to the exclusion of others, but I don't really think that that's been true since we were much younger.
0: Also, because a lot of our dynamic in the beginning, as you moved to LA, was like—I don't want to appropriate language of jumping you in—but it was kind of like so. But I did still, but um,
2: like yeah, own it, babe. You brought <laughs> me into several different aspects. Yeah, of Yeah, definitely life.
0: not saying one group. Just like you know. So I guess I'm thinking that's counter to like. I didn't like hole up with you in a castle. It sounds pretty good, but.
2: <laughs> but what nice keeping you,
0: you know, hidden? Oh, so did you have a good weekend?
2: I did. I went to the beach yesterday. That's why I'm so kissed today. You can this is not a visual medium, but. Oh, yeah,
0: tell everyone you're very sun kissed. I'm a bit
2: sun kissed. My hair is a little fried.
0: But it's also most blissed with a little like berry. Not berry, it's too red sounding, but it has a lightness from the sun.
2: A berry bliss. Sometimes, what I something secretly fam about me that I like is when I get a little bit of sunburn, it burns my lips just enough that it looks as if I'm wearing a tint.
0: Oh, a fucking Burt's Bees tinted balm. <laughs> Burt's Bees,
2: way to bring it back to Butch.
0: <laughs> no. Oh, it's been so long since you've engaged, but that brand has built out a suite of them forward them forward <laughs> um, it was Elena's birthday, yeah, I forgot all about it like was she did reach out to me as a you know by proxy l m u lesbian and um truly, I really wanted to go completely. I didn't do anything this weekend um
2: I think that was I'm trying to i honestly it was in long remember. beach, yeah, nice long we we do I did tell her we would come to do dike things in long beach. It's so funny to go there. it's truly like being out of i know mean, we say this anytime we go anywhere, but it's truly like being out of town,
0: well, yeah, that's why I live in the valley. It's like I need to stay out of town <laughs> um that's so no, but that really is out of town, like long Beach, I can't tell you when I was there last.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I went to go see Jen like almost like in like last September or something in Long Beach. Another lesbian friend of mine who's made the lesbian pilgrimage to Long Beach. But besides that, I, I, I think I went with my dad when we visited LMU
0: to the aquarium.
2: I don't even know that we, we like, went to a
0: lighthouse. Oh my god! I've never. I thought those. You were know from why the he wanted. <laughs> you know why he
2: wanted to go though, just because of Snoop. Oh, he wanted to go to the LBC. Yeah. The he was like, pretty summertime. cool here, huh? <laughs> oh, your
0: dad is so cute. I'm in love with him and sexually aroused by him. <laughs> emotionally invested in him.
2: You know, if he, if I wish he knew how to listen to podcasts so he could hear that.
0: I love knowing that I wouldn't mind him hearing every ounce of
2: it. <laughs> he would be giggling in his high-pitched giggle.
0: Uh, thinking about how he's about to go to that Ice Cube concert in New York, right? Oh, my
2: God, yeah. He was like, yesterday, or a couple days ago on the phone, he was like, I told you I'm going to this rap concert, right? I was like, yes, you." every time we, we get know. on the phone, you tell me. Shut <laughs> up. Uh, repeaters. He'll probably fucking fall asleep there anyway.
0: Ah, uh, well... <laughs> You know when I went to the Long Beach Aquarium I was gazing in the tank of um the open the open top tank full of like um stingrays and I had just started wearing glasses and my glasses fell into the no.
2: stingray. Yeah. Did one of the stingrays put them on?
0: Uh, yeah and he was like, "Oh my god, thank God I can see." He could finally
2: see. How old were you when you first got glasses? Fourth grade, me too.
0: Really, another
2: point of connection we never no knew. No way. Yep.
0: Yahweh. i <laughs> <laughs> stupid. I remember watching a uh, sports game, very typically on in my house, an Notre Dame football game, and I had my glasses on because, like, college football season coinciding with, um, like back to school season, and that's what I got my glasses in
2: honor yeah. of,
0: and watching the football game for the first time it was like it was in 3d i was like oh my god it's so
2: exciting you said 3d because i was about to say that in those days we didn't quite we didn't have hd like as part of our language totally and i told the first time i put glasses on in fourth grade i told my mom it's like the world's in 3d
0: oh my god it came alive but we probably needed them from like first grade i know well i was in the front you know (laughs) (laughs) miss I, i needed my teachers to see me.
2: Uh. <laughs> and they did.
0: Oh, Shell! I had a moment thinking of you, um, getting ready to come over here today because I'm home alone in the shower. I have a big ass dog who's like extremely protective, so um, it's not like anything. The front door was open in case Brian came in, but um, it's not like with Sheila, my dog. It's gonna like you know and there's no secrets getting by and i was in the shower relaxing rose salt scrub all over my body and then ankege was on you know of playing course. so it's not like I, I was hearing music probably but i just started having a paranoia of like that someone was there was a tussle at the front of the house and <sighs>
2: <laughs> and you know it whenever I'm in the shower with music on. Yeah, I think I'll, I'm to be murdered.
0: Yeah, because you think it's drowning
2: it out or like Yeah, what well, you're just like la 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 la, yeah. la you know.
0: <laughs> oh my god, and I'm like I hadn't had this kind of paranoia in a while and I was like, of course when I'm about to see Michelle and chat this comes up because you saved me in a lot of those <laughs> moments.
2: Yeah, we've had some real funny anxieties, both of us, to the other. Like, what that time when I lost my rings at Brandy's house because I was high and I took them off to wash my hands. Mm -hmm. But I never took my rings off and I never even took them off the shit to shower. Like, So I get home and then the next morning I realize my rings are gone and I texted Tierney saying, I think someone broke in and stole my (laughs) rings. And they're not like diamond or gold
0: they're hardly
2: (laughs) even probably tin
0: they're coated in pave and
2: i'm like it wasn't about but me being like it wasn't about the money it was personal
0: it was about (laughs) the violation that they got into your house and found the rings it's like how every time one of our phones were dead and we couldn't find or like no just not finding our phone it's like oh the murderer took it to taunt me and knows that i'm to be looking for it. So uh-huh. as I look for my phone, what I'm really gonna discover is,
2: you know, it well or
0: the wet towel.
2: The famous wet towel story. Do you wanna tell it?
0: It's really pretty anticlimactic, but um <laughs> I had showered, gone out with Michelle for many hours. But you know, when you bunch a towel and it's damp. Sometimes it doesn't dry out
2: quite And that was evenly. a damp apartment anyway.
0: Yeah. It was
2: disgusting. <laughs> Remember the termites?
0: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> do, do you have no bounds? <laughs> hey, it wasn't your place. It wasn't your fault.
0: No, but I was thinking, like, I was wondering if um, the extent of, like, the depravity there was blamed on me at all. Because, no, I'm not, like, n- you know, host pandemic I'm cleaning I'm getting into that OCD energy but like before yes I was very lazy fair in the home but I wasn't causing it was like because I was thinking why didn't I ever cook there and it's because when I already got there, it was gross and weird apartment.
2: Yeah, you didn't you didn't make it gross or weird. You kept it pretty cute. Because I'm there. a home. Yeah. I mean,
0: who would know more than you? And it, yes, I'm a homemaker. Especially, it was
2: like, oh, you had this little place in Hollywood you were living for a bit. Like you, it was very cute there when you brought some nice things. You know.
0: Yeah, it was. I did make it a home, but uh, a community gathering place. But I didn't. I'm guess I'm trying to say that the kitchen was gross, and that's why. I didn't cook and that's proof that I didn't make the place gross. It already was. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: the um, landlord, he would, an older Russian gentleman, he would barge in, not just like come to the door, but actually enter the apartment unannounced. His wife would look me up. and down every time i moved like
2: which was crazy because there were actual sex workers doing sex work in the building which is no judgment but it was interesting she would fixate on you
0: oh we're not talking like some kind of empowered entrepreneurial like vibe we're talking like old fashioned pimping yeah this guy was a charmer but he didn't charm us to the point of us not knowing what was going on and the women were never like Allowed to speak in the elevators, but they gave kind eyes. I'm sure Nico was able to like chat because she's chatty and also had a lot, a long run in the building. But, um, in terms of the towel story, I left this place, went and hung out with Michelle, must have gone to a party or something. Um, and then I came back. We
2: were recording a podcast, weren't we really? recording Eugene's podcast? We were with Cody.
0: Oh, we were like at K Chung. Yeah,
2: I think maybe. I mean, maybe it was a different time we were with Cody. But
0: hi, Cody. I'm pretty sure you don't listen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh. Basically, I come back and I see that I feel the wetness of this towel, and I just don't remember showering. I guess it seemed like so long ago, or I'm sure I'm fucking high as hell. But that doesn't usually impair me. And then. Basically, I thought that someone broke in, took a shower, and was hiding somewhere in the apartment and waiting for me to prey on me. And so Michelle was basically taking a joyride on a like Art Lebowing on a Sunday evening, like cruising around. And she had to double back to <laughs> um to a walk through the space. And then she, when she's like encountering the towel, she's like, "Did you shower before we went?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so stupid oh. yeah oh my god well i didn't give you a proper introduction because you're such a celebrity in the universe Need of Tierney talks you know who got an introduction all those people when you were in the middle of tom tom saying do you know me from search party <laughs> have, have you guys watched search party
2: It's my fist, especially in a crowd like that. Who's seen
0: the new season of Search Party on HBO Max?
2: You know, you guys have HBO Max. (laughs) Have you seen episodes (laughs) four through ten? Oh,
0: it's so good. You're like, no, 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 the first three episodes or
1: whatever.
2: Skip them. Skip (laughs) them. You're going to want to go. The other day on the street before a date, Mm -hmm. I was waiting for a date to start. A man came up. This has never happened to me in my life. A man came up to me in the street and said, oh, my God are you Michelle? And I was like, yes. And he was like, obviously a white gay. And he was like, I love you on Search Party and I love you on Heather's podcast. Yes. So I'm thinking like, oh, we must probably know. Not that like Heather doesn't have unique listeners. Of course she does. But I'm like, just the crossover of knowing me from those two things. I'm like, you must know. And he was like, he's like, I just, he didn't. He was a total random. And then I was like, can you just wait three minutes until my date comes? (laughs) And do this all again as if we haven't done this. I'll pay you five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Yes, girl. Oh
0: my god. And then his
2: friends came and he just simply left.
0: No. What and, then, a
2: bitch. <laughs> and then I had to relay that. I know, such a fan. they are right? so
0: fucking fickle. Fickle.
2: Yeah, get out, <laughs> trash. But I did what? And then I to- told my date, but it wasn't, it didn't give quite the same. If he had just started inorga- inorganically. <laughs> To brag about it later, not as hot. Oh
0: my god, I love the crossover.
2: It's not just the show, it's the pod. It's a multimedia, a fan across multimedia, but not enough to stay for two more fucking... I mean, what, his friends weren't fans? Well,
0: I mean, it just takes like a minute or two. The waitress could have gotten a bigger tip, you know, from the gentleman if you had, in fact, paid him. Truly. Well, what are you going to do? Um, You're basically on a podcast tour. Heather's podcast. Poog last culture East,
2: <laughs> Yeah, I've done them all. <laughs> done them all. Red scare. Goop. Oh yeah. From Poog to goop. That's what I'm calling this month.
0: Well, that's what a television writer does on hiatus between shows. Yeah,
2: famously. <laughs> no, the only kind of podcasts I see TV writers doing now are these like after the episode podcasts, and oh. I don't know why. I've never been in a room. It's a phenomenon that calls for that.
0: Oh, as if I wasn't more suited for TV writing than I thought. <laughs> now we're gonna get around like this with Margo.
2: Oh, dissect the app, Margo. When either of us have a show, I hope you're ready to do the after-show writers' room pod.
0: Ready? Yes, Margo said she's ready. I don't know if I'm Mike's recording. Hello. Oh,
2: yeah, I, <laughs> I hear you over Hello. there.
0: Um. We were listening, I know you put me on to the Better Things podcast. Yeah. An episode with um, Pamela Adlons, obviously the host, and Chris Summer was so good. It was so familiar.
2: Oh, I love to hear best friends chat.
0: Yes, period. And then also that's why I brought up, that's what made me think of it, was Margot being here with us because um, they're doing this after the show, you know, FX, like sitcom, family show. Um podcast because it's the last season and it's like an accompaniment after you watch the episode and they're doing it at a voiceover studio where both of them have been doing voiceover work for like 20-30 years with this or actually even more for Pam and then with like the same engineer you know doing their podcasts is that did all that work with them um,
2: we love to keep we love a family affair an old friend family affair
0: yes we're supposed to glow up together I feel like I was very rooted in that always. And then, you know, maybe I thought, I'm supposed to invest in me. But now I'm back to feeling like their only motivation is truly
2: the group dynamic, you know? Truly. Also, I think, like, there's such a big BS lie. I was going to say bullshit, and then I acted like I <laughs> this was censored.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is Sesame Street. Don't you dare.
2: Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Um, there's always, it's like that one person makes it. But then, I mean, the first thing that broke that for me was uh, our prototype, which was uh, Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones being called roommates.
0: Yes, just like us.
2: Just like us. But then you, re- when you actually meet people who are successful, it's like everyone around them, they've known for 20 years.
0: Right. That's like very trustworthy people, too. I mean, it's okay to like people be like, not everyone can fly up with you.
2: But it's like, where's up? Hey, I know. I <laughs> like, where are we going creepy, anyway? It's such a weird, it's like, you, have, I mean, I know that, you know, you get involved in different work things and you are in different spaces and like maybe you have less time or whatever, but it's like you actually have to actively decide to hang out with different people. <laughs> you know, it's right. like you can actually keep the same wonderful people around you that have always been around you.
0: Right. I'll give Kimberly Noel Kardashian credit. Well, she basically oh, well. had such no, a. She can't get rid of it. I'll him. give her all sorts of credit. Is
2: that her middle name?
0: You're very impressed by her middle name, Noel, aren't you? Yeah,
2: I am.
0: No. Uh, it kind of yeah it gives no. me their like Christmas affinity. Very <laughs> well, that. Love Christmas. Uh huh. They I can... love memories. Oh, <laughs> nobody loves memories. It's Lacanian. <laughs> um, and then remember for Chris's like 60th birthday or some anniversary? No. Who's some occasion they like re Kim got all the exact cars and their old house and like oh the license God, yeah. place Wait, and was, that was like a full simulation a of their past?
2: I feel like I'm getting that confused would, with Kim's would, birthday. I would, sorry, what?
0: Sorry, I, sorry, what? I would be so scared. I'd be like, <laughs> what? Am I in the past? It I know. It's kind
2: of a mind fuck. <laughs>
0: they they need to hold on to that era, you know, when they like had human like tethers. <laughs> I'd be like, this is it. My brain finally
1: gone. Toast. I don't want to go back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep me here. I want to go wherever I'm meant to go already.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, shit. No, but I was going to say that I was getting it maybe confused with when Kim had a. Maybe it was her fortieth when they recreated each of Kim's birthdays in like different stations.
0: Oh, that was very (laughs) keen, and the last one being the other girls as the um champagne bottle (sighs) service. Mm -hmm. Very fun. What's
2: Courtney's middle name?
0: I know that Courtney. Zero idea. She seems like she could maybe not have one.
2: And wouldn't she be pissed about that?
0: <laughs> Happy marriage, Courtney. Travis got married. Happy
2: marriage to the to the Barker Kardashians.
0: Did you feel like Brian and I did too much PDA like them? No, I never get. But mad you guys at their are PDA. very
2: no, but you guys are very affectionate. But it, it's it was never overly or weird. Not that oh, I, it when would I be fucked weird him anyway. in front of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I or, wish you would I mean, yeah, I think there's just some times where I'm not clear what happened where
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: but also it's like if you're out partying with the person that you like like you know making out and plus with then. At a certain point, that's going to be the best activity available.
2: I think it's very natural. I like to see people. If you really are into each other. I don't, you don't see enough of it. I don't think you see enough people who are into each other who are right. together.
0: Especially here. Not to be such a global citizen. But, um. <laughs> oh, in Europe, <laughs> is it different, love? In Mexico City. The most romantic city.
2: Everyone's fucking.
0: At least touching. Um Yeah, I'm like, Whenever people talk about um, hating their PDA, even though I'm all into hating them or like their outfits and shit. Like, oh, well,
2: that's different. Um,
0: but like their PDA, I'm like, you know, we like to be well fucked.
2: Yeah. Well, there's also something very like Christian ladies home journal about it. Like, yeah. oh, that's for the bedroom. Don't dare bring it out into the world so people can see you have a pussy. And I mean pussy like not as literal genitals. Yeah, I mean it as a, as a spirit.
0: Yeah. Whenever I see um, lesbians out in the wild, it's like, like PDA, it's like seeing a unicorn. What? There's lesbians? Yeah.
2: I know. (laughs) Never
0: gets old. (laughs) I love
2: when you see a like when you see the front to the front of lesbians and you're like, oh, they're sweet. And then it's always when you get to the back, one of them has their hand, (laughs) not just in the like ass pocket, like in the jeans. Yes. Resting
1: skin. on the ass. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: That's so funny. He, yeah, I definitely respect that not everybody needs to explore exhibitionism in the way that I'm interested in Same. and think you're interested <laughs> in. But it's not about judging the exhibitionism of others. She's basically using it as a drug to, like, get through these situations. Like, feeling like she doesn't belong. You know where I belong? in his mouth, like <laughs> <laughs> tongues touching. That's where I feel safe.
2: And you know, she's had you know, Courtney's had some really unpleasant relationship, uh public. Public not maybe not PDA, but certainly public drunkenness. Yeah. etc. And well, it's you Well, know. yeah.
0: Scott's not giving well fucked energy because anyone who no offense, but if you overconsume alcohol, your aura is not giving off well fucked. <laughs> Period. Because it has to have that element of vitality. Yeah. You can be drunk and give off that energy, but not like so... A drunk. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's because you're not connect- you're not connecting yourself yeah. if you're drinking that much.
0: That's real. And also, um, dry mouth, you know, oh, thirsty. Yeah. Sour.
2: Whiskey dick. Uh,
0: exactly. Like, I don't... I'm not into that. So, Courtney may not have had a beautiful sex life for almost 20 years.
2: Yeah. Jeez. God bless her then.
0: A lot of people I heard don't. she used to fuck
2: those girls at Dash, though.
0: You did?
2: <laughs> that was like an old internet rumor that she would fuck all the Miami Dash girls.
0: Like an Arizona State kind of <laughs> yeah, it's leftover. Yes, a
2: very lesbian until graduation, but after.
0: I do believe she's had the most sexy fun of all three Same. elder sisters. Um, not as much as Chris. <laughs> that looked still true in the brief um portion. I, you know, me, I would never look at details of Courtney's wedding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but it, there's not that many. But what I saw was a long video of um Chris dancing to a disco song in a feathered dress. Oh, I'm
2: sure Corey loved the dress. Fun. <laughs>
0: that was the best joke from Kim's SNL um, monologues Oh, I remember Amy Schumer taught her timing
2: did it you love to see the process I could have watched I was saying to Tierney I could have watched a 10 part mini series of Kim going to every New York comedian being like how do I be funny
0: right like how many times are you gonna say Michelle's Michelle Wolf
2: also I almost felt like Amy Schumer was like shut the fuck up about Michelle Wolf I'm here
0: Oh, exactly. Like, I'm in glam with you, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Because she's like, Michelle Wolf's the funniest. Okay, we'll be right back with more. Hey, it's Tierney. You're listening to Tierney Talks because you know what? Fuck dead. Next time you listen, this could be an advertisement for your business, your story, your personhood. If you want to place an ad here, write me at Tierney, Tierney, Tierney Talks at gmail.com that's three talks at gmail.com thanks michelle did you drink coffee this morning
2: you know what's funny is i don't think that i did i think i got which is very unatypical for me but i think I, i woke up so starving that i woke up and i immediately just started eating nice and then um Ate very salty food, so I had a lot of water, and then by the time I was done with all that,
0: you had I actual energy, yeah. not did you eat bacon?
2: No, I did have um i I had salami and Ooh. crackers love it was very immediately accept- Well, well, I had a fucking <sighs> so i've you know I like to be like little old dad and have um like crackers mozzarella cheese and 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 sort of sausage pepperoni whatever you know like kind of as a lunchtime snack mm-hmm. But I was like oh that's the most easy easily accessible thing this morning to just get in my you know stuff in yeah. my maw right away and I get up and I open the cheese and it's gone sour uh. and so immediately I was like Ugh. so I go to throw out the cheese and I'm like what I'm like I don't re- <laughs> I'm like what did I put a bunch of soap in the trash why is it all fluffy and then I'm like, wait, is that like pillow stuffing? Like what oh. am I looking at? And then I realized it's like and I couldn't tell you what I threw out, what it was. It was some kind of overproduced mold that occurred oh. overnight. And then it's and then I look at like the the top of the like the lid of the trash can and it's just sweating. It's like Ew. covered in liquid. I have My no God. idea. I mean, I threw out like cigarettes and then what? Like a peach pit? What could it have been? But I don't know it to double like a souffle. It was truly souffle. Like, yeah, <laughs> full. It was like one of those. Remember the foam parties that we never went to? <laughs> Greek yogurt tart. It was. <laughs> it was. Ugh. And then I was like, just disgusted this morning after that. Oh
0: my God. We're going to have to do a palate cleanser <laughs> after this. We um, should have had a mold parties. Yeah, that would be more accurate. I think we've been to some. We've of been those. to
2: a few in our homes and <laughs> dorms.
0: Um, I drink one small cup of coffee, but as I was coming in, I was feeling like I should have got all high, been a big loud mouth, chatty Kathy
1: podcast.
2: <sighs> should have done <been> a line.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my God, of what? <sighs> Of for acting, I wouldn't
2: know. Read
0: me a line. I can do line reading. Line, <laughs> and then they bring the coke.
2: Oh, oh! Now that's our short film.
0: Now I don't judge anyone's um, narcotic use.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more to say there.
0: <laughs> but I do not partake in. I remember the days when um, I used to be like, "How come no one gives me coke?" Like, we'd be out, and everyone would give each other coke and K and whatever, crystal fucking math. And everyone just judged me as
2: Smart. not
1: doing
0: coke.
2: Tanny, don't act like you would <laughs> never pass the line. Oh, no,
0: no, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you, you've shared. No, like, my friends.
2: Yeah, there's always there those ones in the back. My bathroom. close
0: friends, true, but I just feel like a lot of friends who, the difference is they weren't hoarding from me or excluding me maliciously. It, it always had a feeling like just the assumption that something's not for you. Yeah. I would just feel like literally you could not pay me enough money to ask anyone. For a line of coke. Oh, I like, know. even when I wanted it, I just would never. I don't
2: think I've ever asked for one either.
0: I would just never, ever. But obviously, we've been asked, we hear the question. It's good to ask for what you want. Yeah. But we can. You know, I have a secret, pa- secret manipulator inside me that would never relinquish. I would never invite the subjectivity of n- people knowing I was dying Seeking for coke. For coke. And then, like, the slight chance that...
2: Yeah, Tierney was begging for a (laughs) line the other night. It's really crazy. Oh, my God. Well, you know, like, I always feel very blessed in my life that I've not really had to, like, buy... I've done plenty of things that I've wanted to do. I've never really had to buy a ton or ask for a ton. Like, it's around, people offer, whatever. And then, like, the one time I asked somebody for drugs and bought drugs from them somebody that we knew when Uh i was at the leather party on sunset and i he was like oh i have mdma i was like "He was like i have mdma i was like great i'll take that and he was like great 15 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever and i was like kind of that would be great but um so i was like well whatever i've already asked for it and now i've gotten myself in a horny mood for it yeah 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 it was crystal meth (laughs) i was up for uh, A full, I day, full day. I thought I had to go to the friggin' hospital. Oh, no. My girlfriend at the time just kept putting me in the shower and trying to regulate my temperature, and I was just oh, was, like, throwing god. up Oh my god. I've
0: never up. been put... No, I've been put in the shower. <laughs> uh. I've never... Well... <laughs> it sounds so vulnerable and small I to know. just be thrown. Oh, you were loving it.
2: I wasn't because.
1: Well, well, I.
2: I was quite embarrassed (laughs) because we hadn't been dating that long to like really flip out like that. And also, like, we were having sex and it was kind of. But then I like kept having such shame of like the feeling of like you're having sex with somebody and then you look at them in the eyes and you realize that they're like on math, you know? (laughs) And I was like, God, I can't believe that was me. You're like. And then uh, and then she said to me at one point in the shower, she was like, well, you know how you are with drugs. You always have to do one more than you need to. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Never heard that before. I don't think that's true. I think I've always kept my head on straight. But I mean, at this point, I'm like into eight hours of being on math in the shower for the 50th time. And I was like, God, I guess I'm a little crazy.
0: Well, also, you probably hadn't done a ton of ecstasy or mdma in front of this person before at least while dating so it's like kind of funny if that's like your first go in front of them um was it someone with the initial c i thought like you were trying to let me know that i knew who sold it to you
2: Some no d
0: Uh, okay well the whisperer got picked up on the mic (laughs) okay this
2: person doesn't listen
0: you never know. Because well, the you gay community s- is really, really, really still supportive to me after
1: all these years.
2: You sold me meth, and you knew you did because when you gave me the MDMA, you were like, "Um, be careful with it. Just have like a really little bit." And I was like, "I know what MDMA is, like, babe."
0: Oh my god! <laughs> you maybe well, maybe that was a r- real warning.
2: Yeah, well, because he was n- knew he was selling me meth.
0: I remember when you watched me meth out
2: um, at Coachella.
0: Yeah. Because that kind of did prove, that example of me proves that reputation of yours wrong. Because we already, that was one of the few times in my life back then, like, because we were probably like 19, um, that I did, like, procure the ecstasy, not Molly, because we wanted a really good time um, for ourselves. And then we did it. But then, of course, I'm like, but it's Sunday. We've been camping at Coachella after I'd already been to Coachella like three times, not camping, which really puts camping in a different perspective. Especially the way Tierney in, like, and
2: I did it, where we didn't have the top of our tent. So we were woken <laughs> up by the sun at 5 a.m. every morning. We had
0: no grill, no food.
2: We had we, Chip. We had Eddie's vegan cookies. Yeah,
0: Trail Mix flavored. And God,
2: the, did we even eat? We went to Ralph's for a sandwich once. We took a we tram,
0: but um, we were we went to the Rave Tent Sahara, and then I got. I was like, I want more. Or did someone ask me if I that guy
2: came up to us and pulled the 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 elastic band of his boxers or his briefs down and was like, "Y'all want drugs?"
0: And I was like, "Yeah." And then I remember it was just, there was no conflict. Like it wasn't like I was like. No Michelle, take more. you were like, "No, I'm good." With like the fucking what we just took, bitch. And I was like, "Not me." And then we um <laughs> shout out Celeste, shout out Isaac. Isaac definitely listens. Shout out Joey. We all um we went to Duran Duran. We went to The Strokes, Kanye West. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good lineup to be messing out on.
2: It was a great time, yeah.
0: Um But yeah, the photos, the photography that occurred while taking drugs like that, um, yeah. It's a whole other thing. My vanity, that's another thing why I can't, and I don't care, I don't give a fuck if you think that I am pretending that people care about me more than they really do or like I'm hypervisible when I'm not or that like I should just like do more drugs because if you look that bad, while doing something like that, why would you do it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I will say, I mean, I guess I was also on drugs, but it wasn't like on the night I was looking at you, being like, "Tyranny looks fucking
0: crazy, man." Okay, but we've seen people and said that to each other. Well, right? that's
2: fucking damn sure.
0: <laughs> oh, it's it, more power to you if that is in your constitution. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going on um, ecstasy or. I oh sound like a hundred years old, but no, I'm, I'm really comfortable with that. I'm cr- I'm producing a womb for life. You've done it,
2: yeah. First of all, pregnancy
0: you... reveal. No, just kidding.
2: Tierney's trying to. Get, they're trying to get pregnant. No, we're pregnant.
0: Oh, I can't wait till we're. I can't married. wait to tell everyone we're, we're pregnant. pregnant. Um, about
2: you and, and Brian's baby, I'm gonna say Tierney and I are pregnant. Please. Um,
0: Just like we're getting married.
2: Yeah, I told Tierney I was gonna, <laughs> while her and Brian were exchanging vows, I was gonna stand behind Brian and mouth my own.
0: <laughs> oh, I hope you do. Michelle's gonna be the officiant at our wedding.
1: <sighs>
0: Perhaps part of a crew, but I feel like you'll get like the portions that are really kind of bread and butter. I can't wait. Um.
2: Sometimes I like I woke up in the middle of the night the other night and I was like.
0: Oh, the, the ceremony. Oh, my God. It's funny because this weekend I was spending so much time looking at places to get married. And, like, I realize why it kind of can be annoying when people get engaged or whatever. Because unless you make really speedy decisions and stuff, then it it's, like, basically trying to say you start chatting about it. And it's, like, you're not going to stop chatting for another year.
2: Yeah, but people are, like, uh happy yeah first of all we all yes and we all want to you know share in the joy of making these decisions but people will talk your ear off for a year about whether or not to get a fucking pair of shoes right it's like this is something that's happening that's important that you want to make cool decisions about that we all want to share in thank you sharon
0: sharon stone that's part of the team the officiant team. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh, I'd move over and let her fucking <laughs> Take fly. the wheel. Yeah.
0: Um, all weekend, she was posting shit and being like, Sharon Stone reporting live from Cannes. And I just felt like, that is so me. I <laughs> 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 like to just act that way about it going anywhere.
2: Oh, I would love her on this pod. Oh, I know. Like, I
0: don't even know, Michelle, what this what is this pod? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring a showrunner in. I felt like you could kind of add some structure, get some storylines going.
2: Wow. Oh, this is Act Two.
0: Oh, um, there's more problems and more tension, and we're, we're learning more about the
2: world.: <laughs> Sharon's, we just introduced the character of Sharon Stone.
0: <laughs> and she's in can, and her and Tierney, Tierney seems to think they're alike.
2: She sort of Sharon's both a mirror and a foil. Um.
0: So, what did you think of my twenty-one days of screenplay dispatch?
2: I am loving your twenty-one days of screenplay journey, and it's really inspired me to to do things like that because I think it just like streamlines the process.
0: It like makes you so. Basically, there's a book called How to Write a Screenplay in Twenty-One Days. It sounds like how to succeed in business <laughs> without <laughs> even trying. Um. But I really like the book, I think, because it not just because it's written by a woman, but because I connect with her vibe of like writing from your heart and just dealing with it. But I kind of described how I have been so many months into like freelance, not even freelancing so much. Oh, yeah, doing some freelancing. But like being in a position, as you well know, as because you're my only like pseudo colleague of like writing by myself all the time and it's really obviously that's like super fulfilling and kind of like does answer a gnawing question I had of like can I even sit and like get something done or whatever
2: which by the way dear listeners ridiculous for her to act like that's not her number one (sighs) quality
0: (laughs) (laughs) um oh and then Yeah, it just feels like I have to do what mommy says. And mommy says to write the book in 21, you know, to write the movie in 21 days. Today, this is what I did. This is like pretty much the most like symbolic or like least um, clear portion of what we've done so far with this book. But it's like I had to get 120 white computer paper pages, which obviously I had at my hand, you know, me (laughs) and then um I had to write my movie title by Tierney Finster on the front, and then the, this is what kills me. For some reason, is just the next page. I had to write at the top fade in. Oh, and then on the very last page at the end, I had to write fade out in the end.
2: Will and you then, be printing the script on these pages?
0: Well, so I don't know if that's what she's even. She kind of was saying like to fill them in. Yeah, to like be printing out what I write because we're not in the position. We're not like. We're in the car, but we're not in the position to like start writing the actual pages to like three or four more days. So that's the idea, but obviously I'm not gonna print out the work every day because I I go to the UPS store every time I want to print.
2: We need to get a printer. And
0: when I walk in there, hi
2: Tierney. Mm. Hey Mo (laughs) Town Mayor Tierney Finster. I
0: leave because like Mo will be in the back and an associate'll be helping me and then I'll be leaving and I'll say See you soon, Mo. And he's a like, Bye Tierney. <laughs> and he couldn't believe I knew where this obscure FedEx drop off box was once recently. And I told him that's right where I buy my cannabis. <laughs>
1: Connected.
0: Um yeah, so I just have this huge stack of blank pages and then I had to three hole punch them, like as if I was gonna put them in a binder and get rings, which I had all this stuff because my room is like staples. Yeah, it's
2: <laughs> Seriously, I'm thinking I, need, I would need to do 12 different runs to accomplish this.
0: And um, yes, yeah, so I put together my blank manuscript this morning, but it's not counting as doing nothing technically, writing, because you know what I was doing? I was making space for my movie. I'm inviting <sighs> it in.
2: Also, I think that sounds like plenty of work. Um, in a heart All the punching. Yeah, the hole punching. <laughs> God, the arm strength you have to have to punch that many. 100, what, 120 pages? Mm-hmm. Um, But I do think, like, also, it gives you the space to dream about it, which is a huge part of the work. Bigger. Um, but I also think it must be so nice after you, what you did with your TV work, mm-hmm. where you wrote... I mean, it was completely structured by yourself and the way you wanted to do it and you did such an incredible amount of work um, mm-hmm. that was completely like, I mean, I know that you had other people like read it and, and sort of exchange ideas, but like that was totally self-structured and, and, uh, and self-empowered and it must actually feel like so gentle and nice to have like a book yeah. that's like, and I'm gonna help you do this in 21 days, yes. babe.
0: Yes, it's like, I don't care what the 21 days it's I don't know. I've always been one for these types of things. Like I I am like a self-motivated person and I will like show up and like tend to the writing or whatever or like do something to prepare to tend to it. You know, I'm not forcing it, but like it feels um, it's so relaxing. Like, I don't know. I know I'm not the only person and you don't have to just be a writer to feel like it's kind of crazy when you were sold this idea of like work in school as being what you do all the time. And then, um, really like, even if you work and go to school, like our, like the way things are set up now, there's just a lot of time. I feel like there's just so much space in my days. And like, as much as I've embraced doing less in general, I feel like, um, after like two years of constantly like and i was already freelancing and independently contracted Mm -hmm. like before covid but like yeah it's super nice to have um my little friend in this book how to write a screenplay in 21 days so if anyone wants to start it um you can pretty much be on the same track as me also shout out um a thousand words of summer which is Jamie Attenberg's program that I did last summer Mm -hmm. and it starts in a week or so. So if you're listening to this, it probably is about to start or just started and it's not too late to join. Um, And they like just encourage you to write a thousand words a day. And it can be people have really focused goals. Like I'm going to write a whole outline or I'm going to write a whole chapter, a whole novel, or people have goals. Like I'm going to just like daydream and free write and whatever. And, um, yeah, if you want to learn more about that, go to a thousand words of summer Definitely not sponsored, but is a supportive tool to me. And we're going to get writing advice from Michelle when we come back. Hey, do you want to be an advertiser on Tierney Talks? Well, we might want you to. Let us know at tierney, tierney, tierney talks at gmail.com. That's three tiernies, talks at gmail.com. I love makeup, weed, lifestyle things like health and fitness and vitamins and supplements and groceries and plus size clothing and gorgeous shoes and accessories and wellness retreats and publications and books and concerts and festivals and restaurants and coffee shops so if you have something to advertise for you can place it right here hit us up at tyranny 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 talks at gmail.com and keep listening for more conversation So, Michelle, yeah, it's really nice that you never treat me like you're the successful screenwriter and I'm just a delusional, you
2: know, peasant. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: how, I'm very kind that way.
0: You're so generous. Um, how do you think, like, because obviously people don't need to go to college to be a screenwriter, but almost everyone you work with did, don't you think?
2: no really i'm one of the very few people that i know that actually went to school for screenwriting yeah
0: oh yeah especially for screenwriting. yeah
2: or even for like they weren't even english majors or anything
0: right i wonder because we've both you know obviously been applying ostensibly applying things we learned from that program in our actual writing but if you had to reflect on like Obviously, you've learned so much in rooms at this point now and from other writers, um, but uh, I'm wondering if anything from that era of going to school at LMU and studying screenwriting actually like comes up often for you or any touchstones. Um, or I know it wasn't all fun and games, but it was such a relaxed atmosphere, but I, I'm curious if things stick that you feel have impacted how you write.
2: I think the most important thing that stuck, which maybe was less like actually learned in the classroom and more just learn, like having, because I've always had this problem and I still have a, this problem today of generating ideas or um, I feel like I'm not prolific or whatever and or like I have an idea and I'm like, oh, well, it's stupid. There's not much there. But I was always, I'm, you know, a procrastinator. So it was always the last minute being like, well, I just have to go with this idea now. Mm -hmm. But truly how if you just start something, how it can become so many other things and how you just like to start with something you don't think is like the most incredible idea ever actually is such fertile ground than keeping like. Being like, no, that one's mm-hmm. not good enough and I'm going to try a different idea and then a different idea and a different idea and then it's the end of the semester and you don't have anything. Yeah. Um, I think just picking something, sticking to it and developing it, like making it go like wider and deeper as opposed to ha- thinking that you need this like incredible starting place. Mm,
0: that's such good advice, honestly. Because the hardest part is accepting. For me, it's like, accepting how much you don't know like that's what i was Mm kind of telling you when the on friday that the point of the 21 day movie thing it was the first time that when she asked to do asked me to do something through the reading i was like oh fuck no but it was just because i knew that i didn't fully know every single thing about what she was asking for my particular story and it feels so vulnerable but that's actually how you get there right
2: Yeah. And it's such a weird, I don't know, like I'm in the middle of trying to develop something right now. And well, I don't really know what I'm saying right now, but I have like two completely different versions of sort of the same idea in my Mm -hmm. head that are like different tone. Like there's a lot of crossover, but it's like they're kind of different tones and they would have a sort of different overarching thing. And I keep, I sort of got to a place, I wrote like just totally willingly for like 12 hours on it the other day. And then I've been at, and then I like didn't feel that well. And then I've been in this weird space where I'm like, well, it could either be this thing or this thing. And I have to pick one, but I Mm -hmm. haven't done anything since then where it's like, why don't you just start writing both? And then, pick, and then, yeah. And then pick, or maybe one will turn into something actually completely different. And it's, it's fine. But
0: also, couldn't it even be that the distinction or binary you feel between the two projects, is also just kind of a, it could be a miscalculation or a, like, anxiety kind of thing anyway. But that is what's crazy. I think that's what, to us, I know, it's like, okay, we don't want to be too writerly or something, but people, so many people I know that you must experience this because I always hear it, like, people wherever you are, whatever country you're in, whatever kind of context, people love to hear that someone's a writer. Oh. I feel like that's internationally true. sexy. Yeah, like they because it, it's just like all art is making something out of nothing, but um I don't know, like the it's funny that you say you didn't consider yourself prolific because or you feel that way at times because what you're describing is already prolific. You're like I have an idea, but there's a million ways that I could do it and a couple of really good ones, you know, you have options and um Yeah, like when people say that writing advice of like, you know, it's a sculpture, carve away everything, chip away everything that's not the main story or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like so hard to not write all that other stuff that isn't the main story. So you can't, it's a
1: wild, wild beast, this discipline. A hairy bitch.
0: Um, but I also want to say that, like, I truly love writing, and I just feel like when people talk about writing, writing culture is so like that's why one of the myriad reasons I don't have Twitter. I know you don't have it
1: anymore yeah, either. It cut her off.
0: It's like it really normalizes a culture. Like, if some if a painter was like, "I fucking hate painting," like every single time they got the chance to talk to other painters, it's like, well, then why don't you stop already? Or why does everyone hate it? Like. I'm really happy to just like enjoy what I do, whatever comes of it. And um, yeah, writing is so fun because you don't have to be in the world of everyone else.
2: Yeah. And there's also like, of course, you know, it's like, yeah, of course, we all like get to a part with the script or the pitch or whatever where you're like, ah. Yeah. Not to say it's always like a thrill ride, but it's like if you don't love it.
0: Right. Also, yeah. this
2: is for all the kids out there. It is not true that a writer has to write every day, baby. It's not true. Often I do nothing. Mm-hmm. You're good at that. <laughs> I have better than better than plenty of people to my detriment occasionally. I, I
0: think it's to your benefit, though. It's like you don't waste energy.
2: Yeah, but sometimes I do feel like I have a... Sh- I mean, I think it's been nice in my life, but I, sometimes I'm like shocked by my ability to spend several days in a row... Where it just gaming. gets dark around me. Not I <laughs> uh, gaming, at least I'd have a damn excuse. It's like I'm playing some friggin' iPhone game and in La La Land. But then I finally like finally one of my therapists, please stay with me, everyone. Uh-huh. One of my therapists was like, You don't think that's part of a creative process that you've been doing since you were born? Just yeah. like sitting around daydreaming for days at a time? It's so you. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I guess I guess it's part of my creative process.
0: Yeah, completely. And I think it actually inspires like as much as I'm very kind of like accountable and like I need it because I have, I don't know, basically trying to say like as much as I do engage in like little challenges or little, or I'll read a book and commit for 21 days and stuff. It's all piece of a larger thing that like, I don't want to do anything that comes from a forceful state because that's all the shit you end up rewriting. And if you're just like, proving to your ego that you're not a failure. Like, that's what I've done a lot with, like, busy work. You yeah. know, you're like, look, I sit and did it, but really it has no meaning. You don't give a fuck about it. Um, It probably wasn't even for my own project, for someone else's shit, you know? So, like, I feel like you just kind of, like, cut through a lot of that. And then when you're sharing your thing, it's your thing. Um, I'm excited to watch League of Their Own.
2: Me too. I'm crazy. I have not. Seen
0: it, it, yet. it? Oh yeah, it's public information that it's coming out though, right?
2: Yes, public.
0: Oh, I wish I breached your.
2: Actually, the release date maybe wasn't announced, but everyone knows it's been announced. It's coming out this summer.
0: Yeah, I don't think we said it's a not date. a big
2: secret. I didn't sign. Nobody August. made me sign. Shit. August. Well, that's not even true, babes. I know. I'm telling.
0: Ta- I'm being so cheeky.
2: She's being cheeky. <laughs> don't write it down, but keep it in your keep it in your head.
0: We were. I mean, League of Their Own was a movie that bonded us times a bazillion because of our natural affinity for Madonna and Rosie. And we both watched that movie all the time growing up separately.
2: I feel like before we even discussed the film, we either caught you or you caught me singing Singing. the song. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, wait, let me not talk. You do it again. So good when you do it.
2: Hear the call. The time has come for one and all to play ball. We are the, the we All American League. Thing. We, we come, come from, from cities, cities near and far. far. We got Canadians, Woo! Ooh. Irish ones and sweets. That's yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> We're one for all. We're all for one. We're all
0: American. Oh my God, speaking of Tom Hanks, as he was in the original, Mm. is Tom Hanks in your show? No, he's not. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
2: No, he's not. Thank
0: God.
2: That old so-and-so.
0: No, so over the weekend, I watched a film that I'd never seen. Tell me. And it's starring Tom Hanks. Who can guess? What era? The big one. There's infinite big ones. Big (laughs) nineties. That would have been a good reveal. It was in the night. Pardon?
2: Oh,
1: Oh no!
0: But I that is a movie I recently watched. A film that was based on his Oscar acceptance speech from that because he was like, "I knew a gay guy back in where I was growing up, a drama teacher." And he, you know, was he was, like, trying to shout out the gay everyman at yeah. a time when that wasn't discussed. But then it became that movie that was, like, a whole satire of, like, the award winner, like, outing his drama teacher by winning the Oscar or what whatever. What movie is this? It was one I was, like, fucking telling you way too much about. I had to, like, when? start biting my tongue. It's with Joan Cusack, and she's about oh, to yeah. marry that guy. It's called in and out
2: Yes, I was, yes, I want to see, by
0: yes. Paul Rudnick, is that his name? Um, I believe it. I think he wrote some other fun classic gay stuff, like, or, you know, like, campy kind of, um, <laughs> Stepford Wives. Gay culture. Yeah, and it, it's like more, it's beyond what I can even describe. It's so good, but, um, the Tom Hanks movie I watched, it sounds like a... Splash. Um, no.
2: God, he did a lot of damn movies. I
0: know. Yeah, like, this is like a retrospective. <laughs> back at the Academy Museum. Green Mile. <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle. Love both of those. I've seen those. You have to think about a movie I would have actively avoided seeing. Da Vinci Code. Uh, to, no way. I was reading those the minute. <laughs> Wait, is he in Angels Private Angels and Demons. Ryan? Oh, <laughs> never going to see that in my life. But Same. <laughs> when we were starting school, Michelle and I were friends for like one day, and these guys were like, want to hang out? We're all watching Pri- Saving Private Ryan. I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> okay, it sounds like it's kind of similar sounding to like a portable bathroom.
2: A portable bathroom? <laughs> and Andy. Gump. Farts Gump. What? You know I oh. fucking them.
1: <laughs> I knew. That's why I didn't
0: tell you when I was watching it. Oh my that's god. Did you
2: love it? it?
0: That I'd never seen it? Yeah.
2: Wow, does your mom love that movie?
0: Uh, She said she's never seen
2: it. Oh, I love that. She said, I've
0: seen bits and pieces. (laughs) Michelle.
2: Shrimp. (laughs) How about the rape? Okay, because he's mentally unfit to be having sex with What's-Her-Name-Sally. That's a controversial take.
0: Um, was her name sally uh, Sally. Sally's character threw me. I got to say I was enthralled by how unexpected her journey. It was very expected in terms of like um full of like really, you know, off-putting tropes and
2: stuff. Yeah, but to have that in in that movie as well as the rest of it is unexpected. Yeah,
0: like I did not know. Okay, I thought Forrest Gump was a movie about a man hitchhiking his
2: way through America. <laughs> In a way it is. It is, but he's culture he's hitch- he's culturally hitchhiking. You know, I'm a
0: I'm a fan of the picaresque, Michelle. And <laughs> our Picaro our Forest. The central question of his film is oh, this is the part that I liked at the beginning. Sally Field oh, fucking the principal yes. to keep him in school.
2: That is probably the best part.
0: Because that's the kind of thing. My mom, she's not the most open-legged woman, but she will do anything for my ability to succeed in this world. Yeah. And it really touched me. And I also like Sally Field a great deal. Um, And then, okay, so the question is raised is, that she wants to know is, is he going to have a normal life?
2: Mm. And, an, extraordinary an extraordinary one. Extraordinary. I just hate, it's like, oh, he invented the smiley face. Like, that, ended cool. the Cold War. It's like,
0: I think I'm at a dose. But one. isn't that so American? <laughs> it's like one. one
2: mentally deficient white man is responsible for.
0: I, you know, Michelle, I think we need to give you a <laughs> fucking training. <laughs> We're not letting your employers.
2: <laughs> they, they expect this Yeah, from me. that's
0: why they like you they so much. They expect this kind of They're trash. Like, You're not talk. like the other young people. You'll still say it how it is.
2: I could say deficient, huh?
0: Moving on.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Please write in. No,
0: um, obviously, you know me. I would never, like...
2: But you love a big Hollywood movie.
0: I would never choose that movie. I, I watched TBS like it was fucking My Babysitter.
2: Which is crazy. You missed it all these years. No,
0: I avoided it. I was like, fucking this shit's on. I hated things that seemed masculine and basically meant boring. Yeah. And that's what I was getting from it. Um, Over the years, I couldn't have avoided The Shrimp.
2: Oh, oh, Bubba Gump, yeah.
0: Um obviously his storyline is tragic and I liked the Cortez Nikes. They're very yeah. iconic. Um but okay, so Brian has um basically Brian didn't make me watch it at all, but he had such a pure interest in me seeing it.
2: Does he love it?
0: He does love it.
2: Oh, that's sweet.
0: You know, Michelle, it is sweet. don't you don't <laughs> need to fucking lie? <laughs> Um, I
2: like when people have favorite movies they want to share with okay, their Okay,
0: well, let's not call it his favorite movie. Brian's
2: favorite movie, Far <laughs> Scum.
0: No, we have a tradition of catching up on the Sunday kind of films that TBS would play. Yeah,
2: it well, like, is cozy as hell.
0: Yeah, I get like a huge pleasure out of movies that were always four hours on TV.
2: Mm-hmm. That- stepmom, Paige's <laughs> stepmom.
0: <laughs> That's so sad. Watching it, um, like you know, renting, streaming it or whatever, renting it on Apple, it um, like shaving an hour and a half off. Yeah, a what movie is it like two like thirty? Yeah, yeah I feel so good, and that's how I can kind of like, that's how I got in the zone to watch it because, like, for example, he had never seen Selena, and <sighs> I'm like, you know, so you do the thing, you anything early, for Selena, yeah. anything for Selena, and where did Obviously I didn't watch the Selena TV show, but um I don't know where they were making. Oh, it was in Top Chef. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Houston, and they had Suze. You guys are laughing, but Suze Kentania oh. was a fucking guest judge in an episode about Houston's famous women.
2: Amazing local celeb. And
0: um, luckily a Mexican contestant from Houston named Evelyn who I just adore. She, um, pulled the card to cook for like the dish inspired by Selena because it was different women, and um, someone said something and she said anything. Oh, it was so good. She's meant for TV. Um, How
2: fortuitous that she picked that one.
0: I know. I think she's gonna win because she's had so much. Like we're getting down, we're whittling down to the
2: top contestants.
0: It's crazy. I don't want to talk about Top Chef too much, but really quickly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the old days, I really liked it for like some sexy, it was all like hyper masculine assholes and like kind of Dunks. intense lesbians. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was like a full spectrum of sexual appetite for me. Yeah. And then also I was like fucking 13. And then um, they're always boozing, smoking. Like, chain smoking and drinking are, you know, every episode, every judge, like, judging period. And now it's, like, clearly such a family show. And that must be, like, all the, like, Bravo cult, which obviously I am part of the cult. But um, I feel like it's one of the family-approved shows on a network, like, that doesn't have that many. So now there's just, like, hardly any drinking. It's only Pellegrino. Wow. You never will see a cigarette. No well, being
2: God, you, yeah.
0: There's no competition. Like, there's competition in the literal sense, but there's just like no, none of that like reality show toxicity. And do
2: you think that's the Bake Off effect?
0: Huh? Maybe that's very interesting insight as well. Because I do still love the show. Like, it's not like I'm like, if only they were cheating each other, and screwing <laughs> yeah. each
2: other over. <laughs> <laughs> if only they're drinking, smoking, but fucking that and part I
1: do. <laughs>
0: that just, sounds
2: like a better yeah, show I'm just to the be honest and smoking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, also just because like the drinking and smoking is so um I know there's like sober chefs, but only because drinking, smoking, drugs are so huge. Yeah. yeah. Um I watched another show this weekend, thanks mm. to you. Um I love I love this for you. Oh. I love that for you. It's so good. How
2: I mean Molly Shannon.
1: She
0: is the best person ever in my life. Like, I, um, could not stand her with the leopard t-shirt.
2: The outfits are, oh.
0: The leopard t-shirt and red glossy nails that we meet her in. Um, I love this quote of hers. Not to brag, but I've always had the kind of radiance where men wanted to fuck me or marry me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I loved that part.
0: I love her that way. Oh. Um. Vanessa Bear is so funny. Like I don't know. I guess I never really watched any SNL when she was on. Like,
2: yeah, that was kind of a different. You know, we were in maybe it was like even the after last college, ten years. But yeah, yeah. But exactly.
0: I um, I actually only knew her as a guest from Watch What Happens Live, and Whoa. since she's faking cancer in the show, even though in real life Vanessa Bear did have cancer as a kid. In the show, she's faking it, and it really reminded me of Brooks on um, Orange County House Oh, famously. It. And just knowing how versed in the text she is, I was like, she had to be partially inspired. Like, watching that happen and be like, imagine if I had just been lying. Like, I could just start lying about it I
2: again. would love if that was part of the origin of this story.
0: Vanessa, l- let me know. Um, Vanessa Collin. You know what was happening on Barry last night that I thought was interesting and not to get too, industry, but like obviously you've had amazing experiences working with like different streaming services and production, but like obviously there's kind of like a as a union writer you mm-hmm. have this situation where you're kind of seeing like a changing landscape of the industry, and then um I thought it was so funny because um. In Barry last night, um, I also have a crush on Bill Hader yeah. and um, Henry yes, Winkler. You. Oh, and I know he's yours. Get him into the so in second. Yeah, I only get fucking um, Bill because you get
2: tuny lets me have Henry. all the nasty old men.
0: <laughs> it's all she. <shit. laughs> um, and then like, there's this really fucking insufferable character on it, and that's what makes her so. Perfectly representative of like um, aspiring actors with big dreams and no scruples, mm-hmm. and um, she's the one who's always abusing Darcy Carden. Is that her name? Yeah. She's in League of Their Own. See, so it's kind of a promo for Michelle's show coming out eventually. We don't know when. Um, so in this show, she's the assistant to this annoying ass girl, blonde girl, and she's made a show based on her past like abusive relationship, but it's kind of like in questionable taste not dramedy but just kind of a bad show whatever and then it finally comes out they say they're gonna like push it up the release like all these weeks and then it finally comes out and she looks at the streaming service in the morning and she's like look like they're like the show's the top build you know it's like the first thing you see splashed all huge and then it's like by the end of the day it's not even there at all and then um she goes to the like production head and she's like what the hell you know where's why can't we get it anymore there and she's like we're pulling it um 12 hours in and like the algorithm has decided that it's not going to be um you know appropriate or mm-hmm. like it's not engaging and i just felt that was very interesting because even when we were discussing how like things can change and show the life span of shows or cycle might change because of the different platforms I kind of forgot that algorithms are like also interpreting all of that content and like making choices about the scheduling and slotting, but when you're in writers' rooms, do people mention that algorithm?
2: Um a yes, in like a I mean the executive, the studio side or the network side, whichever is the streamer um Obviously the network usually you will bring it up in different ways sometimes. Netflix brought it up more than other streamers I've worked for. Mm-hmm. But then it comes up in the writer's room all the time. It's just a point of like everybody being like, oh well, maybe the algorithms. You know, like everybody <laughs> just getting annoyed about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it is, there is something like kooky as hell to me in that, of course, like you could advertise the shit out of a show, and if it sucks, it sucks and people aren't gonna. Yeah. Watch it. But I, there is this weird like putting the cart before the horse where like they decide based on algorithms, like that this show will only have a certain amount of success. And so therefore we won't put any money behind it to advertise it or to like make sure it stays up on the main page or right. whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm always like, but if you did it could find an audience. Like, I know you can't spend, they make so many shows, you can't spend the same amount of money on all oh, of yeah, them. per show. And I get that they're making, like, business decisions, but it just, it does feel kind of insane sometimes where you get, like, pre... It's like taking an aptitude test as a six-year-old or something. It's right. like, you have no idea what this thing could be if you treated it differently.
0: That's a really good point. But do they ever call out specific things, like, that will drive, like, algorithmic success?
2: Well, my most, the most the best example I have I they never tell you what will make it better which I think would drive writers kind of insane anyway like being told that like some story is better but the only time it really came up that blatantly was my very very first episode of television we ever shot on one day at a time the like blow to the episode I think was or towards the end of the episode there was a joke where the mom said like the mom's kind of in a fight but like with both the son and the mother and there's some joke where she says, and cut it out with the with all that Jesus shit
0: uh-huh. to her
2: mom. I think. Yeah. It was funnier than that. But, no, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was the
0: point. But then Moreno.
2: Yeah, and they had read the scripts all. Whatever this, we it was like the last take we were doing of it. Um, and then Netflix came over and was like, um, so technically you can say shit because we don't have regular censorship, but. Um, according to the algorithm, like that will probably turn people, like turn families off. Of oh, the, the language! And, and it wasn't just shit; it was also shit being so close to Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so it's like there's a lot of like we're different, like we're we're the you know we're not a regular mom, we're a cool mom. But according to all the research, let's you keep mom's not, mom. Yeah, like, exactly. Like we we should still be doing it by by the book. So it was interesting, like. Because we would have just come up with a different joke originally, but um,
0: oh yeah, like you're saying, how come just point that out earlier on?
2: Yeah, but it was weird. It was like I don't know. It's always weird when somebody brings in numbers when you're like doing something quote unquote creative.
0: Oh yeah, because I just I was making me laugh. I was feeling like delusional in thinking about and recognizing how much I don't think about those things, and also it's appropriate in terms of like what's appropriate when in someone's process, like you're you don't need to be worrying about that when you're writing as much as when you're like commercializing or sharing the work yeah. beyond that, but it's like it was just making me feel kind of like giggly yeah. about like what would my well, what's the algorithm gonna say about x, y, and z well, the
2: one that comes the ones that come up a lot are kind- kind of remind you of like early like college screenwriting rules or whatever like suddenly this has happened by page eight where they're always like this is a tip for everyone out there, but it's always like if like you have to it, with all these streamers, you have to get people within the first three minutes, yeah, or they'll turn it off, and then after that, you have to make sure they stay. If they like get to episode three, they'll probably watch the rest of it. yeah, so they're always being like, "This is our episode three, mo- our push play moment." They're always like referring to like the push play moment or whatever it is at different streamers where they're uh-huh. like, which just basically means like they want everything to end on a cliffhanger, so you have to watch the next. Mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 which doesn't always work for every kind of like show yeah it's like, but you know because they were doing this i mean it makes more sense on the show i just worked on it, which is kind of like a horror comedy but With like a you know on a family or... sitcom it's like we're not leaving anybody hanging <laughs> for the next episode you know
0: no that's what's so funny about like us playing attention to those rules because obviously i do and i want to like because of this kind of thing it's like a part of what screenwriting is versus other kind of writing having like this temporal and like rhythmic urgency. Um, And like also a scarcity to what actually like you write and what actually you shoot because it's so small compared to like writing most other types of stories. But um, when they in in the like flood of descriptions I have for all those different kinds of moments and structure, when you're like applying it to your own idea, sometimes it just makes me feel that way that you're saying about like the cliffhanger on the end of a sitcom where it's like, okay here's the tension. But it's like there's such a. Uh, so fucking broad, what that tension can really be, and I feel like most of the time they want it. Like books and classes and stuff make you feel like the ten, the stakes have to be like, is she gonna lose it all? Like, yeah, this is the moment she has to give up everything she has in order to keep going toward her goal. And I'm like, okay, everything like
2: that's a little a lot. much. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, that. This is the cliffhanger to this episode. Um, We're going to be wrapping up, but hopefully you come back,
2: Michelle. I love to be here.
0: We're recording at Pirate Studios in Silver Lake. Thanks, Pirate, for having us. I hope you pick us to win free studio time so that we can have many more episodes coming your way this summer. Michelle, um... Everybody, you have HBO Max, or a friend does, get the login, watch Michelle. Again, you don't need to watch the first three episodes of the last season. Or the first four seasons. Yeah, just just start start with Michelle's arc on episode four. (laughs) I'm going to go make Michelle take more pictures of me across the studio. Maybe we'll have lunch. We might have coffee. We might just go home. I don't know. Um thanks everybody for listening and we'll um talk more soon. Oh yeah. So um you can find Michelle on
1: Instagram.
0: What's your Instagram, honey?
2: Instagram is Mr spell out M I S T E R Michelle. Uh, my Instagram. You can find me at Mister Michelle. That's Mister spelled out M I S T E R Michelle with an underscore at the end. It's Mister Michelle underscore, and that does not mean that I use he/him pronouns.
0: Nope.
2: Nope. Oh, I do want to. Can I just say to everybody that my yeah. pronouns are she/her? Yes. There's been some confusion about that the past, I don't know, ten years.
0: Yeah, and then people want to act like your best friend is the one misgendering you
2: yeah and you know if you want to call me they them i'm not offended by that at all but but don't certainly don't come for my friends who use she her pronouns
0: yeah or just assume what you want like everyone knows you're a sissy little fence
2: and just because i have sometimes a mustache
0: i think it's just the mr michelle but like what just because you have great wordplay
2: i have great wordplay and sometimes you know my gender is complicated it doesn't necessarily mean i don't use she her pronouns
0: now this is a cliffhanger territory. Yeah. We're gonna come back for this type of next time,
2: uh, gender.
0: <laughs> Tierney talks gender. Um you know, imagine that was like my Netflix series. Tierney talks sex. Tierney talks
2: soft drinks. Like Chelsea does drugs. Yeah. yeah. Tierney talks soft
0: drinks. <laughs> well, you know, I'm invested in the future of beverage technology. I do know that. But I won't be talking I won't be shouting out clients for free. You can find me on Instagram at T star seven. You can write me anytime. i um, Tierney, Tierney, Tierney talks at gmail.com through Tierney talks at gmail.com. Um, and also just wanted to shout out Noto Botanics, a beautiful sponsor. Michelle, have you tried any of the Noto products yet?
2: No, I would love to.
0: You'll really like them. They're all locally made um, by Gloria Noto. Might be pansexual
2: owned. Lesbian owned. Margot wants you to shout lesbian owned.
0: From the rooftop, shut it out. Um.
2: I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, God, nice. This
0: very, like, road trip, sexy, yeah. journey song. Um, Something about this writing and making me go all third person. I don't usually speak about myself. So, Noto, um, high performance plant based ingredients, very minimalist intentions. It's not for, like, having 500 skincare products. Um, It's also genderless and multi use and vegan. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my three favorite products. One of them is the wash, which is really cute. It's like eight ounces um, and a standing pump. So it's really nice. You can use it for your hands. I keep it at my sink so I can use it as a really experiential botanical hand wash. Mm. But also it makes me feel something about the pump gets me to wash my face at night. Just a little bit easier too. Um, And it has all of these good ingredients like aloe juice, cedarwood, bergamot, black pepper, coriander. Then there's the resurface scrub, which I know some listeners have bought um, from the last time I mentioned. It's so good. It's full of glycolic, lactic. It's made out of walnut shell dust and has peppermint and rose oil. It's super invigorating, but it really, really, really um, gets rid of all the dead skin. I use it on my uh, face i use it on my arms like for um uh, what's that called kp like kelaris something i have it's like strawberry arms oh. like if you get like redness tasty. it really stuff it really um gets rid of that and then the last products are the moisturizer cream which is full of blue tansy oil marula oil rose geranium and blue green algae to fight inflammation It also has some sage in it that reduces the sebum production, so less blackheads. It's a really whipped, light blue moisturizer, and it has an amazing density where it's like creamy and rich, but it's still very lightweight. Um, It's actually one of my favorite, favorite moisturizers. And then the rooted oil is for hair and body. Um, It smells so good. It kind of is like a perfume oil. If you said you have dry hair, you want to just run mm-hmm. it through your locks. But it also gives you like a bit of a scent. And it has bergamot, cardamom, argan um, is the carrier oil. And then it has some frankincense, cedar, and palo santo, and vetiver. So it just smells really, really good. I love using it as body oil after a long day in the sun. I also love... um just like working it through the bottom and ends of my hair, which is also dry as fuck despite looking better.
1: It's looking better
0: than ever. Yeah, Michelle got me started on Olaplex one Christmas and about two years ago, and it's been uphill ever since. Okay, we'll speak next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tierney Talks. Please share this episode with a friend if you liked it. And please write to me on Instagram or email and let me know what you want us to discuss in the show next, what guest ideas you have, what conversations you'd love to hear. And if you ever want to write in with just your own stories, your own ideas, I'm happy to read aloud. So um, hit me up and we'll talk more soon.